welcome to According to the Scripture. I'm your host, welcome Eureka. Um, here with my co-host, Hudson. Yep, once again. Yeah, we're back at it again. This is the third episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're kind of getting more and more comfortable with it now. Definitely. Yeah. We figured out some things. Mm-hmm. Hopefully have a full full visual this time. Yeah, it's 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 more natural now. Like the ner- the nerves have kind of like settled in already. Like yeah, it's yeah. not as like nerve wracking anymore. So <laughs> last episode was a little rough. On my part, <laughs> on my part, yeah. But it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It, it happens. Was, anyway, it was working well. But yeah, today we have an interesting topic. We were yes. talking about church culture. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we're talking about like what's the purpose of the church, how people perceive the church, what's the problem of the church. Yeah. Those are going to be, like, our points going through it. Definitely. We kind of had to set this up, like, beforehand and have to hit those points because it's... We, we want to make sure when we have this topic, we want to hit all of those points before the end of the episode. Right. Essentially. Because it could be, like, a confusing, intertwining yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. So It's good to have both sides mm-hmm. as well. Uh, before, but before we get into it, uh, let's just clarify. The church... It's... It's a, it's a very simple thought, but the, the church is not the place where we meet, mm-hmm. right? We call the place where we meet a church because there's not much other to call it, right? We could call right. it a temple, but we, we just call it a church. Church mm-hmm. is, in the Bible, it talks about just a group of Christians together in fellowshipping. That's mm-hmm. all a church is. So right. that's when we talk about church, we're not talking about the building. We're talking about the group of people that meet together, fellowship and our Christians. Right. And the church is kind of, uh, for those that believe in Jesus. So mm-hmm. like he said earlier, you said that it was a, a meeting place together for believers. Exactly. Um, likewise, like before the Christians came, of course, there was the Jews in the mm-hmm. Old Testament with God. They had the temple. Yeah. Um, and that's where they used to gather in. But the temple, when the temple wasn't there, it didn't mean like, you know, that it wasn't yeah. more gatherings. They still came together. Exactly. And that's that's the point of the church. So that's pretty much what the church is. The church is not necessarily the building. The building kind of takes the title yeah. of what we're actually doing because the church can happen anywhere. It can be in a home. It can be in a garage. It could be outside. Exactly. But traditionally, it's in a building. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. So now with that being out the line, out the play, like, I can't even speak. That being out the way... Um, what is the purpose of the church? Yeah, first, uh, f- like like Yuriko was saying, the point of a church is it's it's a meeting place for Christians. Mm. It's a place for Christians to find hope, to confide in each other, to to have that Christian fellowship, mm. right? Um, for example, like I I like soccer. I'll play soccer. I don't. Yes, I can have. I can say I play soccer and only play it at home, play it by myself all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's not what soccer is, mm-hmm. right? You want to be in a place where you can play with other people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fun. And the church is a place where you can have that fellowship, right? And it's a place for you to serve, right? So it gives you a ministry, but it also gives other people ministries so that you can also be taught. Mm-hmm. And for for those that are that are like wondering like what what we mean by that, like to to get it on a low when it's speaking on like ministry and the, the purpose of the church, Christ established the church primarily for the believers. Yeah. And we get that out the way. So a lot of people come in with like conceptions of like changing churches beliefs, having a problem with what the church believes. Mm-hmm. Like that's none of your business. If you're not in the church, 
don't worry about what's going on in the church. You get what I'm saying? Because the church was meant for believers. Christ mm-hmm. said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Yeah. And it was for all those that believe upon Christ. So if I believe in Jesus and I'm going to church, that's my business and every other believer in there, primarily mm-hmm. speaking. Now, perks of church is also inviting non-believers, but yep. you're not just inviting them to just come in there and hang out and have a good time. You're inviting them in hopes of them also becoming a believer. So these are like the two main points of what the church is. The church is there for believers, the nurturing, the growing, the knowledge of the believer becoming better, etc. This is why we have pastors, deacons, and we have all these roles in the church. And then in the church is also the evangelism ministry where a non-believer can come in and then in hopes of them becoming a believer because church is the home of believers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Going off of Eureka's first point, um, where the church is is the place for the believers, is that in Colossians 3.16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Mm -hmm. singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And the church is a perfect place to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So the church is primarily for believers, so let's get that out of the way. I just wanted to make that clear because, uh, like, the problem with society now is kind of, like, impose what you believe on everything. And I admit the church does do that as well. Yes. To some -hmm. some extent. Churches do do that as well where they impose their beliefs outside of our boundaries. Mm -hmm. But it's also not fair on outside sources imposing what they believe in the church. Mm -hmm. Because when we come in the church, we're believing what... We think God wants us to be like. Yes. So I'm holding to these values that Mm -hmm. I believe that God wants me to hold to these values. And it's confined in this specific space. Yeah. And I don't want to get you wrong. There's a difference between pushing your religion and witnessing. Right. 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 And that's a a very big distinction, right? So so we're, we're called to witness. We're called by the Great Commission to go and spread the gospel, which is the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for everybody's sin mm-hmm. and then rose again, right? Um, and, and there's ways to witness, and a lot of people do get it wrong, right? They witness in a way of, oh, you need to believe this. Right. Right? You do need to believe this. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there are very wrong ways to go about it. Yeah. We, we've talked 100%. about that previously. Yeah. There are wrong ways to go about it, and there is a solid way to go about it. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I've... I know people in my college, they know where I stand with stuff. Yeah. Like, say, I'll give, like, a, a pretty broad example, like, premarital sex, for example. Like yeah, as yeah, Christians, yeah. we believe that premarital sex is a sin. It's wrong. Definitely. That we don't, we don't get into that, and it's mm-hmm. sacred for marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't impose that on my buds in college when they're going on and doing their thing. But if they ask me, like, yo, why aren't you with this? Why aren't you with that? Like, they have a phrase that, like, I, I use most of the time. They're like, he's abstinent for the Lord. Like, yeah. that's that's my belief. I'm abstinent because of what I believe God is telling me. Mm-hmm. But for you as well, if, like, my buds at college, if they ask me if I believe what they're doing is wrong, of course, I'm telling mm-hmm. them that. But yeah, I'm not yeah. going to shove it down their throat. And it doesn't even have to come to question sometimes, right? right? Like, like I'm not I'm not in college yet. I just graduated high school. But with high school friends, stuff will come up, jokes like that. Mm-hmm. And you you need to shut it down. Right. Right? But not shoving things down their throat. Mm-hmm. It's a okay, like I grew up with you. 
you need to not do this, right? right. It's not good for you, mm-hmm. right? And these are the reasons. This is biblically why I believe that, right? And that that's what I believe, mm-hmm. right? So at school, like when people when people like talk about premarital sex, they already know my opinion, right? Right, and we'll we'll get into that, but that's part of that's pers- part of your personal testimony. People mm-hmm. should know you're a Christian, right? And that's the thing. Christ told us, and He speaks of, "If you deny me before men, I also deny you before the Father." So part of me being a Christian is that I cannot back down of my ground on mm-hmm. what I believe in. If I am outside of, like, the church building and I'm out in the world doing my own thing, if someone asks me, "Do you think premarital sex is right or wrong?" Mm-hmm. Regardless of what the majority people believe in there. I'm standing from my Christian perspective that no, that's a sin. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to indulge in that because of my Christian values and my Christian faith. Mm-hmm. So society shouldn't impose what is popular to them mm-hmm. onto the church. Neither should the church impose what they're holding onto society. Now, with the witnessing um, aspect that you gave, that's very, a very interesting point, actually. We might like touch on it briefly so we don't go on a rabbit hole. But witnessing is basically what we believe as Christians is going out and preaching the gospel. Yeah. Trying to get people to become believers. Yeah. Now there's a there's a fine line between me witnessing to somebody and telling them about Jesus than me telling someone, listen, you have no choice but to become Christian. Like if mm-hmm. you like you know, like pushing it down someone's throat yeah, is yeah. a difference between witnessing it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And then We've we've talked about this on previous episodes. There's very there's very ma- there's many ways to witness, mm-hmm. of course. Um, some I won't witness in that matter, right? I I like talking to people in a question base, right? I like people getting them them thinking. I I believe that you can't go into a an argument with the objective to win, mm-hmm. right? If you go in with biblical evidence, you go in with a calm mind, not emotional mind. You go in in a in a loving way, you will get someone's mind turning. And right. that, at the end of the day, if I, if the Lord can allow me to do that, I'm happy, mm-hmm. right? Because once the mind starts moving, a lot of the times, um, this this was also said to me a little bit ago. You're gonna be the only Bible for some people mm-hmm. in your life, right? And if you get that person's mind turning, guess who they're they're gonna come to? They're gonna come to you, right? Right. And that's why you have to keep your testimony. You have to keep your personal testimony, right? Mm-hmm. They should be able to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to entrust you with these questions because mm-hmm. I can see from the way that you act that you are a trustable Christian. Right. Right. And yeah, as far as testimony, when we talked about testimonies, it's it's just being Christ-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably the simplest way to put it. And to to touch on the witnessing thing, Mm-hmm. Um, to make it clear, this is what the Bible says. And yeah. this is in uh, Mark uh, chapter 6, I believe. Yeah, Mark chapter 6, verse 11. And this is Christ speaking. And he says, Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you, when ye depart thence, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against them. Mm-hmm. So my responsibility is to tell someone on what I believe and why they should become Christian or they should become believers. Mm-hmm. If that person rejects it or they go against it, my job is done as a believer. Now I can hope, I can pray, I can hopefully revisit it maybe a couple times here and there, but then my job essentially is over from that point onwards. I'm not going to force it down someone's throat. I'm not going to tell them that you have to become because even God himself is not doing that. 
You get what I'm saying? So I can't do that on my part. So I'll tell yeah. someone about it. If he, if that's just not your cup of tea, mm-hmm. then it is what it is. And what saves people is not us, mm-hmm. right? Us witnessing does not save people. Yes, it can leave people to Christ. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when you witness to someone, that person has to allow the Holy Spirit to take over. Mm-hmm. And through conviction... That they can give the Christ to, that they can give their heart over to Christ. Sorry, right? Um, yeah. So that, that's a big thing when you're witnessing is to know that you are not God. Mm-hmm. You cannot save anyone. Mm-hmm. You are as sinful as anyone else. Right? You're not special. Right. And this actually flows really well with what not how non-believers perceive mm-hmm. the church. Yeah. Because I talk to a lot of people that are non-Christian, and I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. And the often or one of the most more common responses you get why people are not in the church, why people dislike the church or despise the church is that they feel like the church is imposed on them or it was imposed on them mm-hmm. during their childhood. Yeah, that is that is a big thing. Even Eureka and I at work, um, that, that happens a lot. A lot of their stories from childhood and the reason that they're, they're away from church is because their parents were very, very hard mm-hmm. on religion, mm-hmm. right? They, they made it more of a religion, more of a practice, more of a, you do these things, you'll get to heaven. Mm-hmm. You don't do these things, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. And that's not what Christianity is. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, right? Works, we do not believe in a work-based religion because that's not just, mm-hmm. right? You have to ask for, for that forgiveness. Yeah, so it it's it's a tricky situation. You know, I can't Definitely. really, like, say on how people grew up personally. Like, I can't take their word for it. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, how I grew up, people would consider it as religion shoved down your throat. Yeah. Like, with how I grew up. You I know, mean, my dad being a pastor. Didn't really have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of born like, into yeah, that. Right. You're, like, mm-hmm. born into it, and you're, like, engraved into you. So some people, when immediately you tell them, like, oh, I'm a pastor's kid, they immediately, like, in their head is like, oh, you've been indoctrinated. You, yeah. Like, you've. Whereas, you know, so, like, I can't really say on some people, like, I take people's. Mm-hmm. testimonies here and there of what they say yeah. like they were indoctrinated whatever but it's just crazy how or you know it's surprising how many people take it as forced on them yeah and even as a bad thing right you i i feel like the word religion i can see that in a, a lot of places or indoctrinated in a lot of places mm-hmm. for for example someone that grows outside of the church they're indoctrinated and very and the very things that are opposite to the church, mm-hmm. right? And that would be also called indoctrinating, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for me personally, I, I had two Christian parents, um, but we just we just went to church, right? They weren't they didn't have any higher place in the church. We just went to church on Sunday. Mm. There came to a place where where I decided to split off from their church, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not saying they're, they're bad Christians. I just felt like God was calling me to a different church. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's a point, right? I'm 18. Right. I have a car. I'm going off to college. I, I'm i going to a Christian college. I could chose to go off to who knows where to mm-hmm. not a Christian college. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my choice. I'm in a I'm an adult at mm-hmm. this point. Right. So there, there comes a point where, yes, you could have been indoctrinated when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. But you're you can think for yourself mm-hmm. when, when you when somebody gets convicted of something. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not right for the judge to say, oh, well, I mean, their parents taught them to be bad people when they were a kid. Right. No, you're, you're responsible for your own actions mm-hmm. when you come to a certain age, when you understand right from wrong. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I believe that's the very, I mean, that's just what happens in life. Yeah. And I, like, I wasn't born Christian. Like, I don't say mm-hmm. that. Like, I hear, I got a couple of Muslim folks that I talk to as well. And they say, oh, I was born Muslim. So I never converted to Islam. In Christianity, that's not the belief. You're mm-hmm. never, ever born You're born into Christian. sin. You're born right. not Christian. You're, like, the belief is that you're born and you're a sinner. Yes. And then you have to accept Christ mm-hmm. and then become Christian. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I wasn't I was always Christian. I always grew up in that Christian environment. Yeah, I was always, definitely. You know, definitely. I was always in that Christian-like lifestyle because mm-hmm. I had church. That was kind of compulsory. Yeah. I, I had, I was serving in the church playing drums, you mm-hmm. know, like I was really active, yeah. but that's because of the circumstances of how I grew up, but that didn't make me a Christian. Exactly. Now, others could take that as that was being forced down your throat, but I was conscious 100% mm-hmm. that, listen, this is all cool and all, Yeah. but I got my own business going on Yeah. that I'm not ready to, to give up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then I believe I was 12 or 13. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I know some people take offense to that because they're like, how do you not remember when you got saved? Eh. You're good. But I was 12 or 13. And then I made the conscious decision. Like, I want to live for Christ. Yeah. I want to serve my purpose for Christ. And from that day to this day, my passion has been preaching. Like mm-hmm. I, I say this often to a lot of people that have heard me say it. I would rather be the most broke, homeless, and like the most like, like lowest of society person, but still preach the word of God and have God approve of it than have everything in the world and just like be far from God. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's how much of a passion became for me since I was 12. Mm -hmm. So when people tell me like, oh, the church was forced on you because your dad is a pastor and you were indoctrinated. I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. If indoctrination was that strong, then you'd be a Christian, too. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's a good point. If it was that strong, you'd be a Christian, too. You'd be a Christian, too. Like, that that just doesn't happen for everybody. Mm-hmm. I made the conscious decision to be a Christian. Church wasn't forced on me. Granted, I grew up in that environment, but it wasn't forced on me. Mm-hmm. I'm a, We're both adults now. Mm-hmm. What's thought like I don't go to a Christian college necessarily. Yeah. No, you're you're choosing to go to a Christian college. I'm not going to a Christian college. Yeah. You know, that's that's like a choice that I'm making mm-hmm. because church is not being forced on me. Like mm-hmm. if church was forced on me, I'd be doing everything like how the church likes it to be done. Like yeah. ideally churches like the kids that are growing up there go to Bible college and do mm-hmm. like it's clearly not being forced on me because I'm going and you know I'm Exactly. Yeah. I'm going elsewhere that is not popular amongst like Christian kids and mm-hmm. et cetera. But I made the conscious decision to be Christian, even though I'm going to a Christian college, like a, uh, a non-Christian college like that. I yeah. still carry myself a certain way. Definitely. Um, so that's how non-believers perceive the church. But mm-hmm. um, part of it also and why non-believers see the church as imposing onto them is also the church's fault. Mm-hmm. Because on the church, we have also kind of taken this stand of I am holier than thou and I am worth more than you or like feeling more entitled than someone else. Okay. I can see what you're coming from. So part of it is also the church to blame. Okay. Especially with, you know, popular, we just got to like with popular beliefs right now. Mm hmm. Um, like we're no strangers to LGBTQ yeah. issues against the church. Mm-hmm. 
um, premarital sex is run as well against the church. Like, yep. like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're no strangers to it. The church has gone to a place before and I've seen it to where if someone is part of the LGBTQ community, they genuinely hate them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a sad thing. And that's a fault on the church. 100%. And that's a fault on us. Yep. 100%. I'm never going to be like, you know, because we don't believe, we don't, we don't believe in homosexuality and LGBTQ, etc. Yeah. However, that is still a human being. That's still mm-hmm. a person. Exactly. That is afforded rights. Mm-hmm. And whatever comes with them, you know, when we're in the world. Mm-hmm. My boss could be part of the LGBTQ. I'll obey them like how I would obey someone that was straight. Exactly. You know, my professor at school can be part of the LGBTQ. I will listen to them like how I'd listen to a straight professor. That shouldn't make any difference. Mm -hmm. I've seen churches where they preach like if someone is LGBTQ, have absolutely no respect for them. Yeah. That's not biblical. Not at all. Whatsoever. So part of it is also on the church to blame that imposing thing mm-hmm. um to to going off with the uh, with churches there there are some people that will like oh you're not straight you like they'll they'll genuinely like hate you mm-hmm. right and that that's not right even biblically you can look in John 1st John 4:20 it says if a man say i love god and hateth his brother he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen how can you love God whom he has not seen? Mm-hmm. Right? So it's it's literally not acceptable for you to hate people. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, it happens a lot. Right? Mm-hmm. I think, I believe that I'd say 85% of people go through sexual sins. Mm-hmm. Right? Lusts, that temptation exists. Mm-hmm. Right? We believe homosexuality to be a sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Right? I believe premarital sex is a sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I believe the Bible. The Bible says, mm-hmm. right? This is that's what we believe, right? Um, and they're both sexual sins, and mm-hmm. it, it teaches that sexual sin isn't only a sin against God, but it's a sin against yourself, right? Right, it's a sin against your body. And we're not God. We we cannot condemn people for for what they do, what they believe, right? Because we're not the just judge at mm-hmm. the end of the day. What a lot of believers forget is that we obtain becoming sons of God and calling ourselves Christians or calling ourselves believers by mercy. Yeah. I didn't become Christian because my sin was less mm-hmm. bad than someone else. Exactly. Or I didn't commit X amount of sins. Therefore, I am Christian. I grew up in a Christian home sheltered, as our co-workers say. Yeah. Very shelled at home, specific beliefs, restrictions, etc. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make too many mistakes that, say, someone who was into prostitution, for example, yeah. had made. Mm-hmm. However, in believers, you have those that used to be prostitutes and you have those who came from a Christian background. Exactly. So I think part of it is also believers forget that you obtained where you're at because of mercy. Yep. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, mm-hmm. right? We have LGBTQ people in part of the world. So God loved them too. Mm-hmm. God loved those that did abortions. God loves everyone, completely everyone on the planet. God loved them. 
but the promise and the benefit of what comes with God are only for those that choose to accept Him and mm -hmm. follow His commandments. That's why it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him. So the only differentiator between you and the non-believer is that you believed in Him, and therefore, in those consequences, you gave up certain things in your lives. They just don't want to give that stuff up. Mm -hmm. So... That judgmental looking down on people, yeah, that's something a lot of people are gonna have to account for with God as well, because part of that also ruins witnessing to people and mm -hmm. pushes people away, yeah. So, and that brings us to the point of the problem of the church. Before before we do get into that, I just wanna you know chase a squirrel kill really quick. Mm -hmm. Um, in the Bible. Uh, when when you look at the story about Jericho, there's a lady, um, Rahab, right? She was a harlot. She was a sexual worker, mm -hmm. right? Um, in Hebrews 11, it's what in the Bible, some people like to call it the hall of faith, right? And it's where, where the person who wrote uh, Hebrews records all the people who showed outstanding faith throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. more, like a, more like a recap of the main characters. Mm -hmm. So in Hebrews 11, 31, it says, by faith... The harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. When she had received the spies with peace, right? This was a harlot, right? It was a sexual worker. Right. God used her, mm -hmm. right? And she was saved in the end, mm -hmm. right? The even crazier thing is, is God used her and she's in the bloodline of Jesus. Right. She's in the bloodline of the Messiah, the very one we believe. Mm -hmm. Who are you? To hate somebody that's in sexual sin. Right. It's not your choice. And immediately, I also think of the story of the adulterous woman. Mm -hmm. When, you know, the Pharisees, for those that don't know, the Pharisees were teachers in Israel. Mm -hmm. And they knew the commandments of God and the laws and the stuff of Moses. And they knew it. Yep. And Christ had come on the scene and they didn't like the movement that he brought. So mm -hmm. they wanted to catch him in like a stumbling block. So they brought this woman before him. Yeah. And they were like, hey, master, Christ. We found this woman in the act of adultery. Mm -hmm. The law of Moses says stone her to death. Yeah. She's an abomination. Mm -hmm. She is all this awful stuff. She's a disgrace to our society. She's dirty. She's filthy. She's unclean. Let's stone her. We're the clean folks. And then Christ looks at them and he says, whoever among you that is without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them left. Yep. Every single one of them left. Mm -hmm. And Christ, who was there, who we believe was sinless, exactly. was sinless. Yep. And he had the right to stone her to death according to the law, mm -hmm. gave her mercy. Yep. Told her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Exactly. So believers need to remember where your cutoff point is. Mm -hmm. Don't overstep your boundaries because of the mercy that you have obtained. Mm -hmm. Because that could very much just switch back to you. Exactly. Because we're all with sin. First mm -hmm. John tells us, if we think that we're without sin, we Before. deceive ourselves. Exactly. So, and even as a believer, I'm not without sin. Exactly. And, for example, say this person tells you they're, they're struggling with this sin. Mm -hmm. You condemn them off the spot, right? They leave church. They don't have they don't want anything to do with church. 
guess whose fault that is? Right. That's yours. Mm -hmm. You're going to answer for that, right? There is a just judge. Mm -hmm. That's God. You're going to have to come to him on judgment day. He's going to show you. You push this person away from Christ. Right. And a lot of people are going to have to pay for that. Exactly. And that's something people overlook. Mm -hmm. And notice something here. Just real quick before we move on to this. Notice the hypocrisy of the Pharisees when they bring the adulterous woman. They didn't bring the dude. They didn't bring Man. the dude. Like, that's, that's <laughs> insane to me that's on the story. Like, adultery takes two to tango. Yup. And the when you read the scriptures, it says that we caught her in the act. It wasn't before. It wasn't after. Yup. It wasn't a, a break in between. They said we caught her in the act. Where do you ever find someone committing adultery by themselves? Yeah. So it's like, where, where's the guy? Why didn't you bring the guy there? Because mm -hmm. it's hypocrisy. They felt like they were holier and yep. they felt that they were entitled to a certain position. Mm -hmm. Besides that as well, they had envy for what Christ was doing and they disliked him and they tried. But besides that, they had this entitlement that mm -hmm. they were God's people. So they got they ought to be treated a specific way yep. where everybody unclean around them should be taken away from them. And mm -hmm. Christ put them in place. And I yeah. think believers are falling into that trap now. Exactly. So I think that Kill the rabbit. That we killed that, so we gotta <laughs> let's right, get let's back go, let's go. On, on on track. So the problem of the church, um, part of the problem with a lot of churches and why believers don't come is because there's a lot of in conflict in the church. Okay. In the churches, there's already a lot of conflicts in there. Um, we have you know as society is evolving, there's no other way to put it, but we're getting more liberal, more. Um, exiting out the beliefs of the past mm -hmm. and some of that is coming into the church okay um, you find in churches uh, with new generations coming as well there's a new wave of people that come and say well maybe that was for the olden days mm -hmm. or that was for the days before and then this causes a conflict amongst the believers yeah so that's a problematic thing mm -hmm. that the church has going on because now here's what happens. You have a section of people that say we are the church, mm -hmm. but we conform to what society is saying. Yeah. But then we have this other section of believers that are like, oh, no, we don't believe that. This is the truth. And then now it's a hearsay. Yeah. In In the Bible, there's many... Many ways to go about conflict, mm -hmm. right? Um, for example, when I believe it was it was it was the Gentiles what when they were when the Gentiles were allowed to eat the meat after the Jewish sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? That was a liberty that they had, right? That was perfectly okay for them to eat that meat because they weren't Jewish, right? They mm -hmm. had no moral standard to apply to that law. Mm -hmm. Jewish people could not eat that meat, mm. so. The Jews had a problem with the Gentiles eating the meat, obviously. And the Gentiles just wanted to eat the meat, mm -hmm. right? There's nothing wrong with the Gentiles eating the meat. There's nothing wrong with the Jews not eating the meat. Mm -hmm. The problem there is, is that Paul comes in and he says that if you know that you doing this thing is, it's a liberty to you, mm -hmm. right? But it's going to create conflict with your brother. Mm -hmm. No point. Just don't do it, right? There, There's the, in the church... Uh, this, this is a good example. Um, the uh, 
the debate about music, mm. right? If you want to go more contemporary, you want to go more old-fashioned with hymns, you want to go more contemporary with just contemporary Christian music. Some may believe that, okay, like, I believe this is biblical, that I can listen to contemporary music, right? Right. If I have that belief, I'm not going to go zooming past the church in the church parking lot that only sings hymn and blasts contemporary church music Mm -hmm. because that's going to create conflict. Right. That's not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that that's just off the top of my head. That's just what comes up when 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 we talk about conflict in the church. And there's a passage in the Bible that I'm thinking of Christ now. It's in Matthew 2, uh, 12, 25. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And this is Christ speaking. And this is a very important verse. And it says, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Yeah. That is crucial Mm -hmm. in anything. Even in normal life living Mm -hmm. or in sports. Yeah. Like, you look at teams. If within the team they're not agreeing, it's very unlikely that that team is going to come out the top at the end. Exactly. Personally, as a, like you being a person, if mentally you doubt yourself, mentally you put yourself you down. You can't accomplish things. You can't accomplish mm-hmm. things. Likewise, in the church, when you have one side saying, oh, no, mm-hmm. it's this, and the other saying, the other saying, no, it's that, mm-hmm. there is no unity. So with someone that being outside of the church, they already have a problem with what the Bible is saying and what the yeah, Bible yeah, yeah. is and standing you, for. And when they see this conflict, they don't know who to trust. Right. Right? Because people on this side saying that these are wrong and people on this side saying that they're wrong. Right. So who are unbelievers going to trust? Who Who's trying to go into a, mm-hmm. a house that is messed up already? Mm-hmm. N- nobody wants to do it. Like, I mean, even when you're doing like child adoption... They check your house yeah, yeah. to see everything in there is stable uh-huh. and then allow you to get the kid. Because mm-hmm. nobody's going to bring the adopted kid into a house where the mother and father are, there's domestic abuse going on in there, or the kids are emotionally abused. Like, no, they wouldn't do that because that is just going to be detrimental to them. Exactly. So the church needs to remember also on our part mm-hmm. that we need to come to a sense of unity and what we believe, mm-hmm. and stand solidly. Yeah. And th- there's also, uh, I forget where the passage, actually. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead. So, w- part of the church is us being firm for the world. Because Christ tells us we are light unto the world. So, when we come together, we are the way for people to come unto God, as we believe. So... But it's going to be a problem when one on this end is claiming to be the light, the other one is claiming to be the light, and then we got these people here, we got that people there, we got that people there. Like that's 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 way too troublesome. People don't like having a billion options and every single one of them being told that it's right. Mm-hmm. Just give me a solid ground to stand on, yep. and then I'll come follow it. When Christ came, Christ was very clear on where he's standing. Very clear. He mm-hmm. was like, those who follow me shall be saved. And it was it was in the story. People tried throwing him on loops. They were like, "Are you are you telling us to follow you? We are Abraham's kid. We follow Abraham." Christ still told him, "Before Abraham, I am." Mm-hmm. He was like, "You still gotta follow me." Yep. They come before him. They're like, "Oh no, the adulterous woman. Moses' law says stone him." Mm-hmm. What does Christ do? Christ still says, "Oh no, nah, you gonna listen to me." Yeah. You you still gonna listen to what I'm saying? Christ stood firm. 
never shook. He never got shook. He mm-hmm. never compromised to anything else. Never considered another option. He was firm that if you want this, follow me. The mm-hmm. kid, we have the rich young, um, young rich man. He comes to Christ. I was following Moses' law since I was a kid. Yeah, I did this. I did that. I did this. I did that. And then he was like, I did all the laws. And Christ also threw a couple laws at him. He was like, done it. This is easy money. Mm-hmm. And then Christ told him, all right, give your possessions away. Come follow me. Solid on where Christ stood at the entire time. Yep. His philosophy was follow me if you want life. Mm-hmm. And the church has lost that solid ground mm-hmm. that here's where we stand. Follow this for life. Yep. It's completely gone in the church. And, and it's sad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when he says it's gone in the church, right? That's not all churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. Like, we, we go to a very good Bible-believing church stance, mm-hmm. right? We'll not sway for nothing, mm-hmm. right? The doctrine is set, right? And it's biblical. Look it up. Talk to the pastor. He will biblically back up anything, mm-hmm. right? And that's why that's why I go to that church, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> this man lost his train of thought but here's what first timothy 4 verses 1 um says it says now the spirit speaketh expressly now i'll make it clear when it says now the spirit speaks that's god yeah all right so when it's saying the spirit speaketh expressly it's god so god is expressing himself here okay through the scriptures now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils Mm-hmm. This is what's happening in a lot of churches. Yeah, many are departing from the faith, giving heed to doctrines of devils. Mm-hmm. So now in the church you have a separation: one claiming to be the church, and the other as well claiming to be the church. And what's actually interesting: another verse came to mind um, in Revelation two. Let me. Mm. While he's doing that, I didn't remember my last point. <laughs> so going ahead. going back to the the doctrine. So what so what ended up happening is when when there begins to be a conflict in the church and mm-hmm. there begins a church split, people aren't like they're not rationally thinking, right? There are things in life where you're going to have to sleep on it, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, people people don't like doing that, right? You're gonna go make these rash decisions, which can like mess up a lot of things in the church, mm-hmm. right? If you if you are, are the song leader, for example, right? And you think irrationally, you make an emotional decision, you can really mess up a service. Mm-hmm. And services, those come back to the pastor. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, people have a lot of conflict with the pastor. Right. And that's what causes the church split. What you need to do is you need to sleep on it. You need to pray on it. Mm-hmm. The God says many times to look. If you don't have, if you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom. Right. Right? You're creator of the universe mm-hmm. just ask mm-hmm. that's all you have to do um you have to sleep on it maybe not sleep on it. you need you need to pray on it you need to seek wisdom and you need to look in your bible right right and you need to look in your bible with a very unbiased opinion mm-hmm. you need to look in your bible for what it is right right don't base your doctrine off of one verse mm-hmm. that's not how the bible is created right. right you can look the charts up online mm-hmm. right every verse not every verse but there are so many cross references and verse doctrinally yeah you cannot create a doctrine off of one verse. And that's how so many false doctrines, false religions even are made. 100%. One, absolutely. And the verse in Revelation is in Revelation 2, chapter um, chapter 8. Uh, 2, verse 8. 
verse 8. It says, and <laughs> it says, And unto the angel in the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which is dead and is alive. So here is Christ speaking. I know thy works and tribulations and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which they say are Jews and are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. So us to remember there is when we're speaking of the Jews in the Bible, the Jews are the people that are following God's law. Yeah. That was the identification of the Jews. Whenever you said Jews at these times, it was like, oh, those are the people of Moses. They follow those. Mm -hmm. Those are the people of God. That was their identification. And then when the church comes along, there was those Jew, they were Jewish people. They, so they kind of stuck with that same um, rigmaru title. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so much of a distinction now with like Christian and and Jew difference. Back then, mm -hmm. you know, the first Christians were Jews. Yeah. Christ says, I know that there are some among you who claim to be Jews, mm -hmm. but are really not. They're synagogue Satan. Yeah. So this is what we have going on in the church. We have certain people that are saying blasphemies, mm -hmm. part of the church, but they're not really believers. They're not really Christians. Yep. They've come in there and brought doctrines that are not sound. Mm -hmm. But the problem is on those that are on the sound doctrine part, Stop giving opinions. Stop giving your personal beliefs. Stop mm -hmm. giving your thoughts. Mm -hmm. When it comes to what the Bible and what the church should believe, stick with Scripture. Yep. When my friends come ask me why you don't indulge in premarital sex, I'll show them passage mm -hmm. where Paul says, listen, you're defiling your body mm -hmm. and you're grieving the Holy Ghost. I will show them scripturally I believe in this. Yep. If someone comes and tells me, why do you believe this about homosexuality? I'll give you a verse mm -hmm. that why I believe this about homosexuality. Exactly. Everything that I believe concerning of what the world is doing wrong, I will give you scripture for it on why I think it's wrong. And yeah. I think a lot of confusion has come in because people are trying to dance around their own philosophies and an idea of what they think God wants. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, we have the book that we believe is telling us what God wants. Exactly. So if we want to find out who's speaking the truth, which side is right, which side is wrong, go to the book. That's what I gotta do. For those that are non-believers, if you ask a believer, someone that claims to be a Christian, and they're like, I believe so-and-so thing, tell them, okay, the book that you guys believe in should have what you're telling me. Exactly. So if you're telling me that, oh yeah, I believe in premarital sex, I don't think God has a problem with it. Show me in the book where the book allows me to believe that. It's the importance of reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. You need to be well versed in your Bible, right? Right, and as a Christian, that's just something you, you got to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you build your relationship with God. That's how you get wisdom, right? You ask for wisdom, right? Beautiful way to get wisdom. This right. is God's words. God's right. Words. Read it, listen to it, cross reference it with the Bible, not with other books, mm -hmm. right? Commentaries are okay sometimes, but cross reference it with your own book, with with the Bible first. Mm -hmm. Wait, I got this verse from. Uh... David, and this is how we're going to wrap this up. Um, you know, I should have memorized this, to be honest with you. But I've, I've loved this verse, but, you know, it's just not clicking in my head for some reason. So good All right. So it's in Psalms 119. And this is how we're going to end this off. Very crucial. Um, this is kind of just raw. We just went at it hard. We just had a couple points to hit, but I love it. Um, Psalms 119. And at verse 11, mm -hmm. it says, Thy word I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, 
teach me thy statutes. Mm -hmm. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of my mouth, of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. As much as in all riches, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy way. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Mm -hmm. So here, David makes it clear. I keep the word of the Lord in me. Mm -hmm. I walk by the word, the word of the Lord. Oh. I delight in the word of the Lord so that I may not sin against the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is how believers live. We live according to the word. This is how this podcast is. It's according to the scriptures. Yep. If anything that a believer claims to believe is not in the Bible, it is not written down, it is not in there, tell them, hey, this, like, believers don't believe that. Yep. If you're a non-believer, you could tell a believer that believers don't believe that. It's mm -hmm. not hard. A believer doesn't have to say to another believer that uh, this is not what believers believe. You could be a non-believer and tell people that, hey, exactly. that, that's not in your book, so I don't know where you're getting that from. Exactly. So, with that being said, um, that's it for episode Appreciate episode you guys uh, looking in. Yep, episode three. Episode three. We're getting right. it. Some uh, exciting things will be coming out mm -hmm. pretty soon, uh, if not already released by the time we release this. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for listening. Much appreciated. And you guys have a good one. May the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ accompany you all. Amen. Love you guys. Bye-bye.